if I didn't make a change now, it, it wasn't going to happen. Or I was going to have so many health problems from that weight gain that I wasn't going to be able to realize what I wanted to realize, uh, both mentally and physically. Because we're not guaranteed anything. No one's guaranteed a thing. And if you don't make the changes that you want to make when you want to make them, there's no guarantee that you're ever going to. So that coupled with wanting to have made those changes over the course of so many years, really, you know, I couldn't pick up the phone fast enough. Hi, I'm Scott Hefner, and this is Finding Your Sweet Spot. It's a show about real people with real stories of discovering that optimal space when it comes to their health and wellness and how their core values influence their decisions concerning activity, nutrition, and self-care. My hope is that there are others who can relate in some way to these examples, and the stories shared here can help those who are on their own journey to finding their sweet spot. So let's go. My guest and I had met on an unseasonably warm day back in November of 2021. We've been through a lot since then and had so many things to discuss since that first meeting. But I thought that maybe we should start from the very beginning. I think the first thing I'd like to do, if you can just introduce yourself. Sure, my name is Neil Darling. I, uh, I am a former opera singer. That's Neil performing back in 2012. And uh, a few years ago, my wife and I, when we first, when we started our family, we moved to Kansas City, where she's from, and uh, opened up our own social media and digital marketing uh, company. The company is Ovations Digital. And from there, we've been parents of two lovely kids, and uh, it's been a great ride. The woman you heard singing is his wife, Christina, also a professional opera singer. We then moved on to his family background and experiences as far as his health history. I come from a mostly pre-diabetic family. Uh, We uh, lived in southern Indiana, which is virtually the fried food capital of the world. So that's what we ate. That's what we did. Um, I also come from a family that has quite a few health problems. Uh, My father had seven heart bypass surgeries um, by the time I was 12. Um, and he, after his last bypass surgery, decided to become extremely, uh, active and, and get in shape. But what that meant was that he would wake up my brother and I around five o'clock in the morning and he would just have us run around the block over and over again at five in the morning. So that was my first experience with exercise as a form of of activity as a form of betterment both mental and physical betterment or punishment oh, right right well it certainly seemed like uh it certainly seemed like a punishment at the time i imagine my dad was working through some things on his own and didn't really think too much about it but as a 13 year old who was being woken up every day at five o'clock in the morning to go and just run laps around our block it was it was not my idea of a fun time at all. And I didn't see the benefit. I didn't see the benefit because um, I was 13. And I'm not sure that later in life, many adults would see it as a benefit either. Then in high school, I, 
I played around in the gym. You know, I thought, oh, biceps and chest. For many young high school boys, this is pretty typical. Biceps and chest, you know? For anyone that doesn't know, it's working your beach muscles. All that I did was biceps and chest, and I didn't have anyone kind of helping me. I just decided to do it. Looking back on it, he saw it for what it was. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was, uh, it was well-intentioned, but without form. Fast forward, almost 10 years later, to a more educated and wiser Neil. Um, and then when I was uh, around 25, I decided to kind of inform myself. Uh, I got books, I looked online, um, and I saw results. Um, but then at the same time, I was also eating the same fried foods. And I was probably really overdoing it overdoing it, not doing it in the correct manner because I didn't have any, I had never taken any nutrition courses, any exercise courses. I didn't have a good uh, basic understanding of what was required. And then an onslaught of family health issues arrive. So fast forward 20 years, um, my father passes away at 63. My mother, uh, God rest her soul, gets cancer and passes away at 73. And my brother at 40, my younger brother at 40, has a widowmaker heart attack and uh, fortunately survives, but has a distinct wake-up call, which in turn made me have a distinct wake-up call for my own health. But there was a problem. Something that can play a huge role in making changes is how one's environment can affect things, both positively or negatively. Moving here from New York City to Kansas City, the energy levels and the activity levels that I had in New York were lessened a great deal once I moved here and I gained a whole lot of weight. Besides gaining weight, there were other physical challenges he noticed as well. My joints were like just getting shredded on a daily basis, you know, and, and not doing anything. So with two kids, you know, your, your activity levels automatically rise from them. Um, and I noticed that I wasn't able to really do as much with them as I had wanted to. And I remember lying down in bed and having a tough time breathing just just going to sleep the clothes even like even the heavyweight clothes that i have in my closet were starting to not fit there's a picture of us from a cruise that the whole family took and i mean i am i'm surprised they didn't mistake me for a whale at the cruise because i'm just that big not really but I felt that big, and that's all that really mattered.
So those were physical problems, but really it was the mental component of it that was that was really the the impetus for me to make the change. Because I just wasn't happy with myself, you know. I, I was in my 40s, and I was like, okay, I've I've told myself so many times throughout my life, next year I'm gonna make the change. I'm gonna finally realize. The potential that my body has in store, that my mind and my body has in it, and I never did. And and if I wasn't going to make it, if I didn't make a change now, it it wasn't going to happen. Or I was going to have so many health problems from that weight gain that I wasn't going to be able to realize what I wanted to realize, uh, both mentally and physically. He had one final thought reflecting on the time that remained with his mom before she passed. When you're taking care of a person with cancer, you see all of the things that coulda, shoulda, woulda been the, the best thing to happen. And it doesn't happen for that cancer patient. And I, I wanted to make those things happen. So I took it upon myself. I started walking a whole lot, still not really weightlifting or that type of thing, but walked a whole lot and got a whole lot of weight down. Um, got my triglyceride levels down. My doctor was happy. But at that point, I realized that if I was going to go any further and I wanted to go further, if I was going to go any further, I needed to get some help and I needed to have somebody else's uh, experience and knowledge come to play in in my own journey and my own experience. So Neil utilized his resources and gave me a call to see what we could accomplish. After a couple of long discussions, assessments, and goal setting, we started working together. And it was his first time working with someone outside of his family or himself. That's that's my third big experience, barring my dad just, you know, marching us around the block. And it's been a great one. And it's been wonderful because I've, it's, I'd say it's results driven, but the results that are driving it are so much more than just a physical result that it's been, it's been transformative in so many different ways. And it's been great. It's been great. He certainly worked hard for those results. And we've had fun along the way. But as he explains, it goes beyond just getting in a good workout. I didn't think it would be as awesome as it is. And it's great to kind of start to get that feeling back again in your 40s because you have like the wisdom that you have to struggle through to get to of your 40s. You have the wisdom of your 40s. and But then also the the positive attitude, the can-do spirit of somebody in their early to mid-20s. And it's it's wonderful, you know, to, to have a tempered, exuberant response, you know, if that, if that makes any sense. Next up, it was time to dive into his core values. 
And so I'm curious then as to your core values and how you've discovered how they line up with kind of this new journey of being healthier, of exercising more, of eating well. I'm, I'm curious about that. I realize that one of my core values is I'm constantly wanting, if not trying, wanting to improve myself. You know, if I look at the things that I've I've done. There were multiple examples he shared describing his core value of self-improvement, working out, teaching himself software. One story in particular stood out. Trying to teach myself Greek, ancient Greek, because that was another thing that I did early on. Um, I had taken a Greek course in college. And I mean, I failed spectacularly in this class, you know, spectacularly. I don't know. I was like, oh, I'll take that and be intellectual, you know, or, or the, you know, classically trained. Um, and I just failed spectacularly. So I was like, well, I'll go back and, and actually apply my 40-year-old mindset to this 18-year-old endeavor, you know. Um, and so I... Did fairly well on that. I got through the book, did all that. So I'm constantly trying to improve myself in the ways that I feel I need improvement. He had one more important core value to share. Another thing that really inspires me and what I'll consider a core value is this, the value of family and the value of being the best father that you can be you know again my dad had so many health problems that i think i'm kind of taking taking that component and realizing that he wasn't able to do some of the things that maybe me as a father would like to do um, and would like to pass on to my children as well uh, this idea of, of, of improving yourself in whatever ways that you want to, because it's not about improving for others or anything like that. I, I don't want to give the wrong impression there, but to improve yourself in the ways that you want to improve yourself. I'm doing this so I can do the things that I want to with my kids and my wife for as long as I can. You know, I want to be there for them for as long as I can, and, and I'm doing my part to make it happen. So I'd say that's a real core value. And that was certainly evident. I'm getting teary-eyed over here. We moved on to discussing three separate areas of his health and what he is discovering about his sweet spots. As far as sleep goes... I don't know. It was like a light switch to me. Even just last night, I realized I have to go to sleep at a reasonable time. If I'm not asleep by the time it's say midnight, the next day, my energy levels and frankly, my fuse is that much shorter with the kids. It's easier for me to get exasperated with them. I'm less likely to do fun things and, and, and activities with them which might go directly against his core value of family. Next was his nutrition. 
I eat pretty cleanly. That's something about my character too, where I, if I find the right mode of doing things, I can stick to it. I don't need, I don't need a whole lot of variety in that way. So I can just eat the same foods over and over again. Once I find something that works, I'm cool with it. Um, so that's been one of those things that I feel as though I'm close to finding my sweet spot on. I could probably stand to maybe get a little more variety in just from, just from the standpoint of it being life, you know, but I'm close to that. Finally, he cautiously tiptoed toward his exercise sweet spot. Exercise! I'm still trying to find that sweet spot when it comes to exercising on my own. With you, that's one of the reasons why I like I like going to you because all I have to do when I see you is show up and the rest of it takes care of, care of itself. That's something that I think it's on its way. So I'm looking forward to the day that that becomes more of a sweet spot. I see it happening very, very soon. And half of the beauty of finding your sweet spot is the journey. It's not really one spot, but more of an area or a range or a spectrum. It's fluid and can change over time. What doesn't necessarily change is how you feel when you're in that space. So then what I'd like to hear from you is what you can share with others who may be on a similar journey and they want to make a change. And what can you tell them? Well, it may sound trite, but the first step is always the hardest. Um, And I would say that once once you've made up your mind inside, I think that's super important. Like make sure in your head, you know the path that you want to take in order to get to where you want to be and then just pull the trigger i i don't know it's it's i guess take all the time you need to to make the decision but once you've made it go and and don't look back after that i'd say one of the most amazing bits of wisdom that i've been able to gather after 40 plus years of living is to Allow the process to just happen. Don't expect be in the moment with that process. I think one of the best uh, one of the best things that you've given me uh, taught me is to go through that motion and feel it all the way through. If there's fatigue, feel that fatigue. Realize that that's part of it. And focus on the process, allow that fatigue to happen, um, and great results will come. Physically, yeah, sure, but more mentally, because then you can start to apply that process to uh, child raising, to relationships with your spouse, being in that moment. If there's problems, being in the moment so that you can solve them. But even better than that, if there's joy, being in that moment to really wring out as much joy as you can out of that moment, you know, and that's been the most amazing transformation throughout this entire thing is taking something that arguably is negative because nobody wants to feel their muscles fatigue. Nobody wants to feel, you know, that tiredness and pain, but then to transform 
that fatigue into something that you look forward to and to look that fatigue in the eye and say, I'm going to transform you. And I'm not anywhere near where I want to be, but it's neat to see it's like dominoes falling and it's neat to see those dominoes further up ahead and realizing that as you're tipping them, the dominoes that are close to you, further down the road, the dominoes that you're tipping now are going to tip those other ones over. And that's so cool. I, I, that's so cool. One of the best things, you know, is, is that feeling, at least for me. I love it. And if you've ever experienced this, it is one of the best feelings. And knowing Neil, I have a feeling that he's going to be tipping over a lot of those dominoes. Finding Your Sweet Spot is written, edited, and produced by Scott Hefner. Music composition and sound design by Hefner Wellness Productions. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, please subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating or write a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It really helps people find the show and spread the word to others who may be inspired by what they hear. Check out the show notes where you can click on any of the links to learn more about Hefner Wellness, my guests, and other resources. You've been listening to Finding Your Sweet Spot.